You're listening to Rolling Toe with trucking experts Kevin and Mike Beckett. This is the show where you ask the questions and we give you the diagnosis on how to get the most out of your truck. We'll talk about avoiding wear and tear, knowing your suspension and axles, and how to get more mileage from your tires. We're on the audio road. Let's get rolling. Good evening. This is Mike. And this is Kevin. Beckett, and we're here to talk about tire wear and handling issues on the Rolling Toe Show. We've had some pretty good response. Uh, I'm getting some feedback from people that are actually listening to this, so I guess we're not all alone out here. No, we're not. <laughs> actually, the last couple of weeks, it's been a really good audience. Yes, on, on the line, but we're also getting people who apparently are are uh, listening to these podcasts off of either iTunes or off of Blog Talk Radio, which is a great uh, follow-up to it. That's what this is all intended to do, record some basic material that people can go back and listen to. And tonight, our basic material is going to be on caster and camber. That was part five of a series of posts I put on uh, social media. And I'll read that now, and then we'll discuss it some. And then we'll go to questions. And by the way, for those of you that are listening right now, if you have a question... You push one on your keyboard, and that will cue you up so we know you have a question or a comment. If you push it twice, it will take you off. Somebody just pushed. Yeah, there you are. You're back, okay? You don't want to push it twice because you disappear. Uh, one time and you're on, two times and you're gone. We'll be repeating that instruction as we go along. Now, caster and camber, or a combination of the two, seem to be some of the most popular settings for some alignment technicians. To be clear... Camber is the inward or outward tilt of the tires relative to vertical. Caster is the forward or rearward tilt of the kingpin relative to vertical. Camber is built into the axle, and caster is accomplished by elevating the front mounts for the leash springs or lowering the rear shackles, which tilts the axle. And you can do that in combination with tapered wedges that fit between the leash spring and the axle. Since the axle is built with little or no difference in caster from one side to the other, no more than 0.5 degrees, and is intended to remain that well, that well, way, well, it's got to learn how to read here. Use of wedges, huh? You wrote it. I I know I wrote it, but I I can't read it. Uh, Use of wedges on one side or the other is not a recommended practice. Many alignment techs use caster or camber to try and control the tendency of the vehicle to pull in one direction or the other. In fact, all manufacturers of axles used in North America that I'm aware of expressly prohibit bending their axle beams hot or cold to change camber or for any other purpose. This quote is from the Dana Service Manual, and similar statements can be found in all axle manufacturers' manuals. This is one of the reasons that I do not spend time on these settings. The other reason is that the steer axle is not the dominant axle underneath the truck. Now consider this. In the U.S., a standard highway tractor will have one steer axle and two drive axles. Now we're moving more and more to the six by twos. I understand that. But typically we're looking at two drive axles and one steer. The steer axle will carry a normal load of 12,000 pounds and have no horsepower in it. The drive axles will carry almost three times as much weight as the steer, 34,000 pounds, and have all the horsepower. That means the use of caster and camber to control the direction of the vehicle require the lightest axle with the least amount of horsepower, zero, 
to counter the heavy and more powerful axles. This obvious result is premature and irregular tire wear for the steer tires. I find it much more effective to use the alignment of the drive axles to control direction and thereby extend steer tire life. In the next installment, we will discuss my view on drive axle alignments and their effects, so we'll get more detail on it next time. <clears throat> As a final point on camber, when the TMC task force was investigating alignment issues, they followed up on a 1,000 camber complaints and on initial inspection found none of them, that's nada, zero, zilch, were actually camber tire wear problems. My experience in the field has had similar experience. The difficulty is that many techs do not know how to identify the tire pattern. They just go by specs and try to make them right and hope the tire will perform. Okay, that's the end of the reading. Mm -hmm. You've been doing alignments for, what, six months now? <laughs> a little more than six months. A little months. more than six months. How many times have you run into a camber problem? I, oh, once. 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 And yep. It was that Hendrickson hollow tube axle. Yeah, which is a little light, an and it can get bent if you hit it hard. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it for a lot of years, mm -hmm. and I have run into camber problems. Mm -hmm. But when I was doing 1,200 alignments a year, I would find a camber problem once or twice a year. And generally, when I found the camber problem, it was because somebody had done something wrong to the axle in the first place. For example, there was a Mack truck at the Joliet Mack dealership that came in while I was training him, and the left front tire leaned in so far that you could stand in front of the truck and see the lean, okay? And when we went underneath the truck and looked at it, you could see the torch marks on the axle where somebody heated up the axle to get the kingpin out. Uh. Well, they took all the temper out of the axle, and now you got a soft piece of steel and it just sagged on itself. Oops. So somebody ruined it. So you can't really blame the axle for that kind of stuff. Because actually the axle is sort of a spring. It is a spring. The way it's made, you pour hot steel into a mold, you form the steel, then you drill it and you mill it. And when everything's the way you want it, then they temper the top one inch of the I-beam to make it hard steel like a head. The bottom of the axle is a soft steel, which gives it its mass and weight carrying capability. But that top one inch is like a, uh, a blade for a leaf spring. And when you hit bumps in the road, it flexes, but it comes right back to its original point again. Okay. People say, well, they get old and they fatigue and they start collapsing. I have never seen that. Not, in, not, yet. not even in 20 to 30-year-old axles. No, I haven't seen them in 30-year-old axles. I've seen axles that have been bent and rebent to the point where you look underneath the bumper and look at them, and they don't come straight across anymore. They kind of wiggle like somebody's been, been in a coat hanger or been in a, a paper clip. They've put it in so many clevises. Yeah. Yeah, put 100-ton right. rams on it and messed it up. But in either case, camber tire wear would be wear on one side of the tire and not the other mm -hmm. because the tire's leading out or leaning in, right. okay? And the higher-pressured side of the tire will wear faster than the lower-pressured side. But toe-in or drive axle alignment will also cause one side of a tire to wear. But there is a telltale mark that yeah, when you slide a tire sideways because the toe's wrong or the rear's out of alignment, the tire gets a sawtooth or feather edge across it. Right. If it is purely camber, there's no feather edge. No, because it's rolling straight. Yeah. And it's, it's just that there's too much weight on one, one side, side of the, or the other. Yeah. yeah, and then you have camber work. Now, when I go out and look at tires and I look at tires 
all year long, thousands of tires. I can't remember the last time I saw a legitimate camber tire work. And is it possible that that's because of the difference between radial and bias ply tires? Yes, definitely. Bias ply tires with the rigid multiple ply sidewalls, which didn't bulge, most of you won't even remember it anymore, were very sensitive to camber. But radial tires with a single ply sidewall that does bulge and flex is much more tolerant of camber changes. And when you say bulge, you mean that bulge at the bottom where the, yeah. the footprint of the tire it actually bulges it out? It bulges out, yeah. And the reason it bulges out is because it's actually thinner than the track. Yes, much thinner. Okay, and that bulge implies basically that if there were a difference in camber from one side to the other, it would simply be consumed. Yeah, and the camber ranges that we get today are such that camber's not our big problem. Okay, I've had some guys come to me and say, well, they had somebody adjust the camber and it took care of the problem. And I said, okay, fine. Did they adjust anything else? Well, yeah, this is the drive axle and the toe was wrong too. So how do you know what really fixed it? Good question. Okay, I'm not saying that if somebody could successfully change camber, it wouldn't help. I'm saying that I don't see the need to adjust camber, so I don't. And guess what? We do just fine. Yeah, we get satisfactory results, you know. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, we have a bunch of uh, comments and questions up on the board, so we're going to go to the first one. And where's their area code this time? This one's 530. Okay, we're doing a guessing game to see where these area codes are. So 530, my guess is going to be Upper Manitoba, Canada. I used to know. Yeah? I forgot that. I don't know. Uh, well, you're not as old as I am. I forgot a lot more. We'll find out. Okay. All right, Can you hear us? Hello. Boy, you're talking through a coffee can. Can you hear me? No, that's me reverberating yeah, back. I'm not hearing anything. Hello? Hello? Are you coming? I don't I don't think it's coming. We'll get back to him. We'll try you again a little later. All right. Well, that didn't work. Maybe he was an upper man to a cat, and he didn't have the string tight enough. Maybe. <laughs> Okay, you made her make a mark on that one. I'd like to. Oh, there it is. Okay. okay. We're learning this computer stuff, guys. He used, Give us a second. He used whiteout on the screen to erase that word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got now? Okay, this one's the 979 area code. 979. I'm going to guess Arizona. Arizona. Are you in Arizona? No, you got this wrong last week, too. Lone Star State. <laughs> Lone Star State. All right. <laughs> what can we do for you? Well, how are the two straightest men in trucking doing today? Oh, I'm sorry, you're breaking up. I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. How y'all doing today? <laughs> We're doing pretty good. Okay. I got a couple of questions. I've got to sit down with my dealer and order my glider on Monday. Now, last okay. week, you talked me out of my front suspension. You talked me out of my rear suspension. So I do have a couple of questions <laughs> as I'm going over this list. So I've got everything lined up for him. Uh, I was talking to him and he said that they have what they call a high performance axle, rear axle housings that are out now. Uh-huh. And they're supposed to be stiffer than okay, well, the, standard the, axle housing. The standard axle housing, which has been in use since the late 90s, is a 9.5 millimeter thick housing. The okay. standard axle housing that was before that was 11 millimeter thick. 
The 11 millimeter thick is still available. Now, if they've rebranded it and said, okay, it's a high-performance axle now with 11 millimeter, that's fine if that's what we want to call it. But the 11 millimeter thick is the one we get the best tire wear off of. Okay. That was my question, whether it, uh, whether it was worth the extra couple hundred dollars or not. So are they charging extra for the 11 millimeter? Uh, I asked him, I said, well, what's the price difference? He said, ah, I think it's a couple hundred dollars. He says, there's not much to worry about. I said, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Um, okay. The other thing, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's fine. And, but, but, if if it is 11 millimeter I, and, and they're charging extra, that's data that I would like to know. So if you could um, mention me on Facebook or something and let me know what you find out on that, I'd appreciate it. Oh, you bet. Not a problem. Uh, the other question is, is I'm, I'm doing the truck with disc brakes and I'm doing my trailer with disc brakes. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, surely from a, a safety stopping standpoint. Mm-hmm. Does that has that created any problems with wheel bearings with X Y Z anything else on on the trucks? Do you have any customers know that use them and are they working for them? Uh, it it has caused us some things we've had to get used to that we didn't have to deal with with drum brakes. It has caused me some isolated cases of additional tire wear, and it does make it a little more difficult for me to check if the wheel bearings are loose. So let me go over those one at a time. Because the calipers fit so close against the disc, it's hard to wiggle the wheel in and out to make sure the bearing's tight because the brake calipers are stopping you from moving it. So if we get serious about it, we have to go internal on the bearing in order to check it instead of just being able to check it external. The second thing that I've seen for tire wear was on a front axle on a truck with disc brakes who did a panic stop, and he out-of-rounded his tires. Now, well, if I have to get on the brake that hard, I'll go ahead and deal with some square tires and not run over the family of seven in the minivan, so I'm good with that. That was exactly his comment. What happened was he came to me, and I said, I got this funny tire, and he showed me a picture, and he described it to me, and I'm thinking about what it's doing and looking at the tire wear pattern, and he says, I've got about 40,000 miles on these tires, and this, and they're doing this. And I said, did you do a panic stop? And his wife looked at him and said, yes, you did. You remember that kid with the ball ran out in front of you? He says, yep. And it didn't hit the kid. I'll pay for the tires. <laughs> There's, that's uh, that's uh, my and, opinion on it. Right. There is another. It isn't the, the faster tire wear. That occurs on both the front and the back. Uh, you'll see a more rapid rate of, of tire wear if you use the brakes, you know, uh, to their performance rather than expecting the same thing as you would from uh, drums. Drums. If you yeah. if you can accept the same stopping distance as a drum and just do an easy stop, you won't see the the increase in in uh, tire wear. But it, it's oh hell, I, I, this isn't a race car. I'm just I I'm looking for that <laughs> oh crap. That's that's right. the only reason I'm buying them is for the oh crap moment. So and I agree they're they're a better brake. They don't heat fade. They're better on long hills down slope because they don't heat fade like drums. They have a lot better advantages. We we agree with all that. Yep. We only got one mountain in Texas, so I'm not too worried about the long downgrade deal. But we got a lot of people that love pulling out in front of a 75 mile an hour oil truck and do 20. So right, that's what right. I'm I understand. Yeah. Okay. The other question I had, uh, since you knocked me down on my air ride front end I wanted, 
Um, what is the major differences between, say, a 12,000-pound axle and what's the next one up, 13.2 or 13.5 or something? 13.2. Okay, 13.2. There's really nothing different in the axle. It just has a, more beef. It can carry a heavier load without flexing. Um, and the way the front ends of trucks are getting heavier all the time, uh, I personally think everybody should go with the 13.2 axle. And with okay. low-range H steer tires, because when you're driving down the road and you step on the brake, how much weight's on your steer axle? Damn near everything. <laughs> exactly. And running an axle that is a 12,000-pound axle, and you're running 12-2 on it driving straight and normal, and when you step on the brake, you're overloading the axle, you're overloading the tires, you're overloading the suspension. I would rather see some some room there that you're not right up against the limit all the time. Okay. Now, does that increase the, the spring thickness or stiffness on the springs, or is that primarily just the axle assembly itself? It's a little bit more in the springs. There's a little bit more in all the components. There's a little bit more in the tires. But the guys that I've talked to, if we align the truck right, they can't tell the difference in the ride between a 12,000 and a 13.2. Okay. Well, I'm going to hang a bull bar on the front of this because we have – hog problem down here in texas like you wouldn't believe and i'm tired of having to go underneath and fix airlines and drag body parts out from the axles so i'm putting a bull bar on this one so i will have okay uh last question comes down to actually i have have two more if you got time but uh okay the theme of the show here on the caster and the camber when, when you so eloquently shot me down on my air ride front suspension idea and called it a Greyhound bus, you said that some of the rough ride can be taken out with caster. And I thought you said something about five degrees is normal, and if you take it down to two or something like that. Can you explain what that does and what effect it has on the ride quality? Sure. It's our topic for the day. So. Yeah, we might as well. <laughs> Well, I had to beat around the bush and get back to the starting point here. (laughs) There you go. Zero caster would mean the kingpins would be pointed perfectly vertical compared to a before and after tilt. In other words, they'd be straight up and down. As you add caster, the bottom of the kingpin goes forward, the top of the kingpin leans back like the front fork on a motorcycle. Now, that is the attack angle that the kingpin addresses the bumps in the road. Now, if you've got five degrees of caster and the bottom of the kingpin is leaning forward, it's like taking your finger and having the finger aimed forward and sliding it across the table and your finger wants to chatter across every seam and crap. But if your finger is perfectly vertical as you go across the floor, it just kind of bumps past them and you don't feel it. So the more caster you have, the sharper the only expansion seams because they're not bumping up against the leaf spring. They're jamming back against the leaf spring. So the sharper so, the angle, the more it transmits into the truck. Exactly. And your okay. hands. Now, now, we have found with a power-steered truck with a standard wheelbase of like 200 inches, a couple of drive axles back there, two degrees of caster handles just fine. And it's much smoother riding. And actually, the tires last longer. Does that hold true if the wheelbase is longer, like 270? Yeah, 270 is fine. The longer the wheelbase, where we ran into a problem was years ago, we used short wheelbases, cab over trucks with no sleepers on them. 
They're about as long ah, as your pickup truck. And with a box, single yeah. drive, we had to have five or six degrees of cash to make that piece of shit drive straight. <laughs> yeah. I, even then, I, I tell you, I, I drove one around a parking lot one time, and I felt that if I hit the brakes too hard, the thing was going to spin around or fall on its face. So, yeah. I don't know how they drove yeah. those things. I really don't. <laughs> well, it takes a man with a lot of hair in his chest. There's no doubt about it. Well, I, not me. I'm sorry. I'll go ahead and stick with my long nose. I like that axle way out there in front of me. <laughs> right. Hey, one so tire answer- question for you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, that that explains it. I, I'm thinking it might have been along those lines, to, but I wanted to get it from the experts there. Um, I did have a tire question uh, on speed rating. Is there speed rating on truck tires? All of them are speed rated. Yep. Most of them are marked on the side of the tire. They're definitely in the engineering manual. Okay. And what's the, what's the so, highest speed? Right yeah. The highest speed rating in North America right now is 81, but most of them are 75 as far as highway tractor tires. But when you get into some of the other tire sizes, like 385s, four and a quarters, you can find tires that are rated as, uh, speed rated for as low as 56 miles an hour. And there's some large oversized tires that we see that are on like cranes and stuff. I've seen some of them at 35 mile an hour speed rating. And they're taking those things on yeah, the well, Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they're still doing 65, 70 miles an hour out here. Trust me. So, we know they are. The guys that are out here I've in the oil field, they none of that stuff, They I don't think they think any of that applies to them because they drive like bat out of hell. So what's the what's the speed rating on the the 81 is it does it have a letter or is it just stamped on there 81 miles an hour no what there is is there's a letter on the side of the tire there's a two number group with a slash between them and then a letter if it's marked on the side the letter is the speed rating like if you've heard of z-rated passenger car tires that are for 150 miles an hour well that same letter code system works on truck tires and there'll be a letter someplace or you can look in the engineering manual or the spec sheet for the tires, and it'll show you what the speed ratings are. Yep. Not a problem. I didn't know if they use the same thing as cars do. I I just don't. I never bought a set of car tires that were that low, but <laughs> I'll, uh, it's, I'll it's take a all, look on Michelin Flight. <laughs> it's all the same. Okay? okay? Good deal. Hey, guys, I appreciate all the information. You uh, probably saved me uh, years and years of headaches on ordering this glider, so I thank both of you. Gordon, welcome. We wish you a lot of luck. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye. Okay. We covered a lot of different stuff on that call. Yeah, fun stuff. All right. Now, what, what do we got next? We got a 909 area code. 909. Okay. My bet, get, bet is Jamaica. 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 Hey, Mon, are you there? <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's me that's up there. It's California, but I'm in Montana. I have uh, okay. two questions. I have two questions okay. for you. Um, one's for my son there. A while back on Kevin's show, you talked about uh, different uh, tire heights between drive axles. Because uh, yes. last November, his shop wore new ones across the back because his front mm-hmm. drives were still way too good to pull off. And mm-hmm. now the front drive axles are down to 530 seconds, so he's going to swap them out, move the back axle to the front, and then put it another four new ones across the back. Now, the only thing mm-hmm. is, now he's saying he's, he's been noticing a bit of uh, vibration when he's letting off on the throttle going down the hill, and he's worried yes. that he might have damaged something 
Uh, I told him to check his driveline first, but I, I didn't agree with what his shop told him to do. But I remember on Kevin's show, you said something about there's a certain amount of height that you can allow without doing any kind of rear end damage. Yes. Can you now, tell if, me you what that was? Merit, if you read the Merit, if you read the manuals or the Dana manuals or the Mac manuals, they all read the same. Yeah. The, the circumference of the tires on the two drive axles should match within a quarter inch difference in height. Okay. Oh, he definitely he definitely would have been more than that. That's that's but, what I thought I heard you from say. Ex- said, from I, experience. I, I think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. From experience, we found we could actually go to a half inch, and we still are okay. All right, but okay, the engineers yeah. say a quarter inch. Now, oh, okay, if you all right. Have five thirty seconds of tread depth on one axle, yeah. and you have tires right. on the other axle that have thirty thirty seconds of tread depth. You're right. That means you've got twenty five thirty seconds of tread depth difference. That's three quarters of an inch. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's side. way too much. Right. I've seen guys blow their power divider out, and it's the top right. gear where the front drive shaft comes in, and that spider gear that's getting overworked taking up the difference in the rotation rate between the two axles. Now, at a TMC meeting, we brought that up at a tech talk, and what the axle manufacturers recommended, if you have this severe difference in heights, is put the four tall tires on the right side of the truck and the four short tires on the left side. Then the difference in rotation rate is taken up by the spider gears on the side of the diff, which are immersed in oil, and they can cool and adequately handle this load. Really? Wow, I, I would yep. have thought that would have done damage. Wow. Yeah, I, I well, warned them back in November. I said, I don't think that's a good idea, but uh, that's what it was recommended to them. But, yep, uh, and that okay, will give I you vibrations. Another... And... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have another question. Um, my other uh, 579, it came with uh, Michelin uh, Energy D multi-line tires, and after a period okay. of time, I started getting inside heel to toe wear on the tires. I sent in the photo to the show, and Kevin agreed he thought it possibly be uh, bearing wear. And I did a tire rotation, an X rotation, and it did correct. Uh, over time, it slowly corrected it. And then they put me into another 579. Now I've got about 120,000 kilometers. And I, on the inside, I'm just starting to feel that same feathered wear on the inside. So I'm wondering, because we haul a lot of light clothes, do you think it has anything to do with uh, high torque that's causing the tires to do that? Okay. If you're getting wear on the inside of your drive tires close to the frame, yes, that is... That has nothing to do with engine torque, has nothing to do with inflation, has everything to do with either a loose wheel bearing or the axle is flexing under load and causing more wear on the inside edge. Earlier, we had a caller that was asking what thickness of housing he should be running. And we're more and more encouraging people to go with the 11 millimeter housings because they don't flex as much. And the new energy tires we have are very sensitive to the flex that occurs in these lightweight axles. Right. When right, they came right. out with this nine and a half millimeter axle back in the nineties, they right. started coming out with it more, putting it on more trucks. We didn't notice these tire wear issues. Not until they started coming out with the low rolling resistance tires, where we're seeing right. these issues 
they're just creeping up well, places I, I, where problems were solved. Uh-huh. Well, I just signed a coincidence that the identical truck and we're starting to see the same thing happen again. Uh, I'm catching it early enough that I, uh, this time I'll make sure I do a rotation to correct the tire where the, because I'm, you couldn't feel any vibration in the truck unless I was back well, in the eventually, while my wife was driving. When it, cu- when it cups enough, yeah. when it cups enough, the vibration will tend to cycle in and out. You'll be driving at a sustained speed. It'll shake and stop and shake and stop and shake and stop. That's a loose wheel bearing. Right. If it doesn't, then it's axle flex. Now, what make and model what? of truck are we talking about here? Uh, Peterbilt 579. It would be a consistent uh, vibration. Now, if it's a consistent vibration, then it's something else. But Peterbilt's come with a preset non-adjustable bearing. So we've got a 90, 95% chance the bearing is tight enough. The also, right. the odds are you've got a 9.5 millimeter housing in 7-Eleven. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. I just didn't know if it was the uh, it was the tire design or if it if it's an axle or a truck problem that's causing it's it. It's a com- it's a it's a compatibility problem between the new low rolling tire and the lightweight axle. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, that answers my question. I appreciate your show there, guys. Uh, love, love hearing it. Always glad to help you. Have yourself a great day. All right. You too. Thanks. Awesome. Okay. More good stuff. More good stuff. And he was out of where? California? Uh, California. California. Okay. So 909 is California. We'll uh, remember the night. Sure. I'll remember that for five. Hello there. Can everybody hear me? I hope you can. We got cut off for some reason. We just dialed back in. So we're back on the air. Uh, we didn't lose anybody. We're going to keep going here. We just finished talking to a guy from, I think it was Jamaica, eh? No, 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 California. California, California. okay. All right. And we're going to try somebody from where now? Uh, the 314 here. 314. That sounds familiar. Uh, I'm going to go with New York. Okay, New York. This is Mike. Can I help you? Hello, guys. There. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? We're fine. Our first question is, where is 314 area code? 314, that's out of the uh, St. Louis, Missouri area. I called you guys last week. Uh, I have a uh, a 2012 Pro Star, and I'm still dealing with that uh, vibration. I called that night after I, I talked to you guys at a uh, TA shop up in the uh, Bloomington, Illinois area, and I asked them if they can tighten up the wheel bearings and the mechanic said that uh, if the wheel bearing is loose, it's, the wheel bearing is either good or bad, that they can't tighten it. So that really, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't end up not taking the truck to them because that I've already had too many uh, problems with taking it to TA, and they tell me that it's one thing when uh, something doesn't have to even be done to the truck. So I didn't really didn't make a lot of sense to me. So is that something that it can be done or do I have to look into re- be, have the wheel bearings replaced or because of the vibration model it, what uh, model of truck you got it's a uh, international pro star international pro star 
the odds are it doesn't have the preset non-adjustable bearing, so I completely disagree with your opinion. It could have a preset in it, but I'll be surprised, okay? Um, okay. Just bearings all the time. And bearings are not just good and bad. Bearings are good, loose, or bad. It's all three categories. That's so, what I thought. Now, does this vibration that you're fighting... Does it tend to come when you're at a sustained speed, not accelerating, not decelerating? Is that right? No, it's, it's a sustained. Like, uh, for example, right now, I'm right at 65 miles an hour, and it, it's there. I can feel it. And sometimes it gets really, really intense, and then it goes mm-hmm. away, and it, 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 you can still feel it there. But And, and it only happens between, six, between 62 and 70 miles an hour. That's when I feel it. And when the trailer is uh, not loaded heavy, I, I got twenty thousand pounds in the box right now. So I mean that that's as heavy as I call. Okay. Well, it, it, are you seeing any irregular wear on your drive tires? No, not at all. I mean everything's fine there. So I, I was wondering maybe if there's a tire out around or or. And how many miles well, do your drive tires have on them? Uh, these. They were new on the truck when I got it. It's on about 40,000 miles. Okay. I, there's several things it could be, but the first thing I would want to check is wheel bearings. Okay? Okay. And because somebody doesn't know how to adjust the bearing and says they're either good or bad doesn't convince me anything. All right? Yeah. Now, if you look on our website, there is a shop location tab and you can call some of those shops that we work with and see if somebody's willing to help. We've got them all over the country. Well, that, that's exactly what I, what I was fixing to do. Uh, I'm going to be in the uh, Capel, Texas area, and I, and I know that there is a MD alignment shop out in the Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, yep. maybe if that's alignment that needs to be done, well, and and they yep. can check everything else, whatever whatever else that's needs fine. to be done. Probably the oil medics, isn't it? The one else? So. Yeah. in Fort Worth, I think, was the name of that shop. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I know I called the guy. I was going to get it done about two weeks ago, but I've been running, you know, nonstop. Okay. And, well, uh, if, it's, if it's the oil medics in Fort Worth, i got a lot of confidence on those guys. And if they have an issue, they'll call me and we'll talk about it, okay? All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. You, you betcha, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. All right. We got so through that, that one. Missouri. What do we got? It disappeared. Or maybe something else. Yeah? What do you got? You got it at somebody else? I, I guess so. Everything switched around all of a sudden. That's okay. Uh, 951 area code. 951. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you tonight? Doing pretty good. We're trying to five one is Quebec, Canada. Actually nine five one is right next to the nine zero nine in California. No, it's not California. Okay. One of these days I'm gonna guess one of these right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up? I have I have a couple questions. I just replaced uh shocks on all three axles. Would that constitute needing to get this thing realigned with a shock replacement on, you know, all six shocks? No, absolutely not. There's nothing that you do with a shock that's going to change alignment. Okay, so that that will have absolutely uh, no bearing on it. Um, yep. Very well. 
Also, do you know what the difference in height is between a 255 tire and a 275 tire? Oh, wait a minute. minute. Run that by me again. What's the difference in height between a 255 tire and a 275 tire? Yes, on my trailer. Like my tractor, I'm running 275s. I just bought this used trailer, and it has 255s on it, and I believe it's because it's a high-cube trailer. And it's got, I mean, okay. It, it looks, okay. Here, here, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the formula, and you can figure it out. Okay. Okay. There on the 275 tire. There's a second number right after it. 275.80, Okay. Okay. That second number tells you what the height of the tire is as a percentage of the first number. Okay. 275.50, that means it's half as tall as it is wide. Okay? Okay. Okay. You can take that formula and you can look at your two tires and figure out what the heights are and tell exactly where you are. Okay. Now, my question is, is if I switch my 255s on the trailer out to 275s, obviously it's a taller tire. No, not necessarily. Necessarily be a taller tire. The 255, really, that's not going to... Okay. I don't know what the height is. You didn't give me the second number, so I can't tell you if it's obviously taller or not. So a 255 and a 275 can be the same height since all the second number? Until you figure the second number and divide the width out to see what your height is, I can't tell you what the height is. Okay. The two fifty-five. All the two fifty-five and the two seventy-five is doing is tell me how wide the tire is, not how high it is. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I was confused there, so I will have to. Uh, I will have to do. Well, my other question is: let, let's just say there's a three-inch difference in height. You know that I go to switch the other tires. Um, now that's only going to raise my trailer height by half that distance, right? Because half the half of the height difference is below the axle and half is above. Right. Okay, so it's only going to raise it by now. If I was to take my leveling valve on the trailer and readjust that height back down, is is that what that leveling valve is for? Or will that put no, not enough air in my air pack? No, the only thing that it's going to do is, that, let's say you raised your front of your truck. Okay, it's not going to mess uh, with the trailer mess with your driveline angle between your engine and your front differential. This is actually on my trailer. Oh, you're changing your trailer height. You're not changing your steer tires. Okay, all right. I was confused on that. All right. Um, I suppose you, yeah, because you need to keep the trailer the same height as the fifth wheel plate in order to keep the trailer running level because that affects your ride. Okay. So that leveling valve, I could adjust back the difference, whatever whatever the height of my trailer changes with the other tires, then I can adjust. Yeah, you can put level. it up. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay, I thank you so much. We got to talk about tire diameters. Isn't that fun? Okay. Did you make a note on him? You losing him? I. You know what? It- it jumped as soon as I, I know had, you're oh, losing oh, track. You're not qualified here, are you? Okay. We won't uh, find somebody who's qualified. What number we got now? Two o eight. Two o eight. Okay, I'm gonna bet Louisiana. Hello there. Are you in Louisiana? Two o eight. Hello. Hello there. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, now where's one. where's where's two o eight? Idaho. Louisiana, Idaho. <laughs> That's close. 
<laughs> yeah, it's about 2,500 miles. Oh, it's only two inches on the map. What are you talking about? Depending on the map. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? I am also working on specking out a glider. Uh-huh. And uh, the gentleman before said something about you had talked him out of a narrow right axle. Yep. On the front. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. questioning why. Okay, from an alignment man standpoint, if I want to hold the axles in position, I get my best handling, I get my best tire work. If I put a soft axle in the front of it, a soft suspension, it starts riding like a yacht and kind of wandering around and kind of floating. Now, we have that a lot on buses, and buses really don't want their cargo to be upset by rough ride. But right. they don't handle where tires real good, Okay. So if the most important thing is to you is ride, and you're willing to handle a little bit of road wander, a little bit of sloppy stuff, and maybe not get the full mileage out of the tire that we can get on a solid axle, then buy the air ride. Well, I think Peterbilt's system is, it looks to me like there's a front, of course, of the, the solid axle or solid spring with shackles on both ends, and then mm-hmm. two separate air then there's two separate airbags mounted over the, between the axle and the frame rail. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I, I believe that it, it it would be a solid system. Well, it hasn't been my experience. Okay. Because, I, I mean, it looks to me like it just buffered the spring. But yeah, it's it's carrying some of the load on the airbag because if you'd let all the air out of the airbag, that spring would reverse curve. Okay. Right. Right. So you are carrying some load on the airbag, and air compresses a lot more than the spring does. That's the whole idea of putting it up there so you get a softer ride. Well, that means right. that as you hit bumps left and right, it's going to kind of want to mush up a little bit more than you do with the solid spring down there, and then we start getting the thing handling like an RV. Okay. Understand that. What about uh, gear, rear end gear ratios? And now you're talking about different uh, thicknesses on rear end housings. Um, I think I expect that thing with 22.5 tall rubber with 342s. I, I don't know anything about a 342. I'm not a gear okay. guy. Okay. I just. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't had a chance to talk to Kevin yet, so. Yeah, he'd be the guy he'd... to talk to about that. It's out of my field. Okay. All righty. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you. you. Okay. I was going for what? Mississippi and I got Idaho? Louisiana. Louisiana got Idaho. Idaho. Uh, well, all right. Well, we're getting close. Let's pick another one here and see what we can do. All right. This is, the, this is going to be the 308 area code. 308, I know that. That's Ohio. Hello? Hey, well, you know, you're wrong again. <laughs> you missed it again. Where are we at? 308 is western Nebraska. Nebraska? I was just out in Scott's Bluff. That's 308. Oh, my God. So what do we can do for you? Oh, I've got some questions on steer tire wear. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The right side tire has got scallops around the center. The left side 
rear tire. It's got river wear around the inside. Okay, the right side is wearing on the outside, and the left tire is wearing in the middle ribs. Is that correct? The other way around. The right side tire is wearing with scallops, flat spots, through the center of the tread. What what, uh, make and model of tire are you running? Uh, It's a Gladiator, all-sufficient tire. Oh, good tires. Okay, made out of China, I believe. All right? Probably. Next, Next question, how much inflation are you running? 110. And the sidewall of the tire says 110, right? The sidewall has uh, no uh, recommended pressure. It's not stamped. Well, it's got a, it's somewhere on the side. It's got to say max load 6,000 some hundred pounds at 110 or 105 psi. Well, All tires have to okay, have that. It's got, Unless you can bought the got, tire in Mexico. It's got maximum load 7620. Uh, with no uh, pressure in it, that part is blank. It was never stamped. Okay, it's 120 if it's 7,000 pounds. Okay. Okay. And if you're running 110, you're 10 pounds underinflated to begin with. And my experience on tires nowadays with the low rolling resistance, and everything, you need to be between five and 10 pounds overinflated, and then that center rib stuff won't happen. Okay. Yeah, what about the river wear on the inside shoulder of the other tire? Well, does the truck have a right pull? No, it runs straight. Runs straight. Is there any feathered wear on the tire? You know what feathered wear is? What? Feathered wear. No. Okay, so you slide your hand back and forth across the tire, and there's no feathering at all? None at all. What? It's just got what? this. It's just got this groove about a quarter of an inch deep and a half inch wide. A river. Like looks, like stone, oh. looks like a bolt or something drug across the tire, but there's nothing there to touch. Okay, okay. I think that's inflation, too. We just need to get the air up, and that forces the tire to stay flat on the ground instead of buckling up in the middle, which causes that cupping work. Okay. And in spite of running light loads, I mean, I my axle runs about 11,000 pounds with a full load. I, I, how much weight's on that front axle when you step on the brake? <laughs> I'm sure considerably more. The worst possible time when the tire's working the most, it's underinflated, isn't it? Okay. So That's, our experience on because of, the, because, of the, because of the flexing. Yeah. Our experience has been we need more air in the steer tires. The rears are fine. You want to put 100 back there, that's great, because the load inflation chart only calls for about 75 pounds in the rear tires, and we put 100 back there. So you overinflate them by 33%. But people are afraid to put a reasonable amount of air in the steer tire. Okay. Okay? So I need to uh, pump the front up a little bit. Right. Find that... Find that mark on the sidewall that shows what it says it's supposed to have in it and put an extra 5 or 10 pounds in there. Now, how many miles have you gotten on these tires? Not very many. Probably, uh, I'm going to say, 50,000, 60,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a set of tires in a year. <laughs> yep. I just yep. can't keep tires on this thing. I've been to alignment shops one after another, and they say there's nothing wrong. Well... Uh, 
I'm going to get I'm going to get very uh, biased on this right now. I would rather see you go to a shop that's trained our way, and have them check the truck out, make sure the bearings are tight, make sure the inflation's right, make sure the alignment's right, and see what you get. You know, it's okay, okay. to be biased. Oh, that's true. It is our show. I can do this, can I? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. You can go to our website. Go to mdalignment.com, and it's got a shop locator tab on there. Pick a state. Click a shop, call them up, make sure you feel comfortable with them, have it check it out. Right. Okay. You know, we MD can... Alignment, right? Yeah, MDalignment.com, MD right. Yep. Okay, I'll do that. All righty, buddy. You have a good day. Thank you. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. Okay, I missed again. I'm really getting terrible at picking the right states. I don't think you're ever going to get one right. Yeah, unless probably it's 515. Yeah, 515, that's that's yeah. Uh, that's Idaho, right? <laughs> Ohio. Ohio, Idaho, Idaho someplace like that. All right. What do we got? We got another question. We got yeah, about 10 minutes left. 218, there you go. 218. I'm not even going to guess because I've been wrong. You guess this time. Colorado. Colorado. Are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Oh, 218, please. We can't talk to 218. We'll have to try him another time. Okay, let's try somebody else. Did you mark that? No answer? Okay. All right, let's try another one. We're running out of time. Hmm. Okay, now it's okay. Eight oh six. Eight oh six. That's got to be New York. New York. New York. Texas. Texas. My goodness, I can't guess. Texas. Okay. New York City. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's a little bit far away. So, anyway, my question to you is: um, I had to replace two of my front uh, tires on my trailer. And uh, it was kind of late in the day and stuff, and so I went ahead with two uh, drive recaps. And after listening to you talk about uh, height of tires, I thought, okay, my two back trailer tires were two Michelin new, uh, you know, trailer tires, but they were from about Mm -hmm. five months ago. So there's a difference in height between the front and the back on the trailer. Does that matter? No. Trailers okay. don't have any drive axle in them or gear in them, so high, okay. a tall tire and one axle on a trailer doesn't bother anything. Glad to know that about on the you know on the on the truck itself to make sure I know that you because I knew across you couldn't have it different, but I didn't realize front to back you couldn't have it that much different. Yes, so. and front so to back is worse than across. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's all I needed. A, Enjoy the show. You have a great day. You betcha. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? We've got that uh, one I, done. And now we – which one's this guy? Uh, well, this one was already done. So already done, him? This one was this just 305. 305, Idaho. Hello there. No. No, not close. No. It's funny because the Nebraska call was 308, and one more all the way in Miami, Florida with 305. And where are you at? Yes, Miami, Florida. Florida. Oh my goodness! Yeah, spread out. Okay, what do we got? I know, here? right? 
I got a I called last week about getting an outside wear pattern on on the right steer tire. Mm-hmm. And you told me about the feathering. If it's, if you run your hand across, it's coming low to the outside and it's worn off that outside rim. Right. So then you suggested to make sure that the airbags are straight with the mileage and the make and model of the trucks. Right. So they are straight, and I'm actually going to go in for alignment. And I want to know, as far as that tire is concerned, is that tire something I can flip around after the alignment, before the alignment, or should I replace it new? Let's look at this way on a tire. Brand new, it's got five ribs on it, and the ribs on this tire are all the same height. They look the same height. If the tire wear pattern has gotten so bad that you can see one rib shorter than the other ribs, the tire's already ruined. Okay. And that will never go away. In fact, it will get worse even if you fix what started it. Okay? Okay. So if I would flip the tire on the rim or put it on the other side of the truck and get as many miles out of it as I can before I finally really have to take it off. I wouldn't throw away good money. But don't expect okay. the tire to get any better if you can already see the pattern. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And my second question, I'm trying to get somebody else in here, is when I do the alignment, should they mm-hmm. flip it in the same spot or flip it to the other side of the truck? And should they do it before or after the alignment? Wait a minute. Run that by me again. You broke up. I was saying when you flip the tire, should you flip it in the same position on that side or should you just switch the sides of the tire? It doesn't matter when you flip it. You can do it before the alignment, after the alignment, as long as the alignment tech knows where it was when that pattern started. Okay. And it doesn't matter if I flip it in the same spot or either run a rotation from one side to the other? Nah, either way you want to do it. Whatever's more convenient for you. Okay. Thanks a lot. That's all I have. Not a problem, buddy. Okay, so we were, we were in Florida. Yes, that was Florida. It was Texas the last call, Florida this call. Okay, we're going to try one more? Uh, oh, we got actually we got four. six minutes. Let's let's see how many we can get through. 254 area. 254. I'm going to bet uh, 254. Indiana. Indiana. Okay, we're going to try Indiana. All right. Are you there? Can you hear me now? Hello? Hello. I think he can hear me. Hello there. 254 area code, right? Yeah. yeah, and we guessed Indiana. Are we close? No, sir. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Texas. Texas again. We get a lot of Texas. Yeah. How come there's so many area codes in Texas? Yeah, I've, I've really been You're enjoying only supposed to have this, one. This, uh, this area code guessing thing. This this has been cracking me up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, thanks for taking my call. I, I just uh, got a couple quick questions for you. One is... Uh, I've got 726 EL. They're 24.5 low pros. Um, They came on the truck when I bought them. They were about three quarter worn down when I, uh, well, maybe maybe more than that. They're they're basically about half life right now. And I'm wondering, am I going to gain anything by buying a new tire that is low rolling resistance at this point, or should I run these out and then replace them? Okay, I'm going to qualify this question by telling you that I really don't give a damn about rolling resistance or fuel economy. I'm a tire alignment (laughs) guy. The second thing is, I never throw away money. If those tires got miles in them, I would drive them. You talk to Kevin Rutherford, who is absolutely real serious about fuel economy, he may figure out what those tires are worth and what you would save in fuel and tell you you should change them. 
but that's not my business. I don't do that stuff. Right. Okay. We love we love getting the most tire mileage we can out of. Yeah, I want to see a tire run five hundred thousand miles. Then I don't care whether it's giving me fuel economy. I want it to last five hundred thousand miles. Well, these tires do it. I mean, uh, I think these guys have put. I think uh, the last time they put a set of tires on this truck before these was about four years ago on a team truck. They are running mm-hmm. the hell out of them. We're like our. And uh, what's that? Okay, buddy. Well, you. you have yourself. Yeah, you have yourself a good day, and we'll chat at you later. Then. All right. All right. Thanks. Take care. That was Texas again. Yeah. Now this one's nine five one. Didn't we just talk? Yeah, that was Jamaica. <laughs> All right. I don't know if this is gonna be the same or different. Nine five one. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. And it's uh, in Jamaica. Jamaica. No, it's not Jamaica, man. It's Southern California, man. Southern California, man. Okay. <laughs> what can we do for you? I had a question. Um, I'm running uh, 22.5 low pros. I'm running the, the Michelin XZA 3 Plus Evertread all around on my tractor. Okay. And on my steers, I'm, I mean, my wear on all my tires is really good. But every now and then, I'll get a little wobble in my steering wheel when I'm driving down the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting any funny wear. My truck drives straight. And everything's fine, but every now and then the steering wheel will start to wobble a little bit. Okay, what couple of that, questions. What would that be? Huh? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things it could be. So first question is, what brand of truck is this? It's a Peterbilt 387. It's a 2009. First, the first thing I would check on a Peterbilt. There's a certain series of Peterbilts that were built. Put the hood up, and you look at the steering gearbox. Both the input and output hoses are on the bottom side of the box. That means that as the fluid circulates through, if there's any air in it, it captures itself in the steering gearbox. And air in the steering gearbox, when you hit a slight bump, can cause your steering wheel to chatter. Okay. Okay. The first thing I would want to do the box, if one of the hoses on the bottom side of the box and one of the hoses on the top side where you can see air could obviously trail out of there, then that's not the problem. But if they're both on the bottom side, you could have air trapped in there. The second thing is, when it does this wobble thing, do you notice that you hit a little bump and then you get the wobble, or does it just start to wobble? Um, uh, You know, I think it's probably when I hit something rough in the road where the road's not smooth. That's good. Because that means that something in the system is not holding it as solid as it should be. And again, I'm back to hydraulics, and air in the hydraulics could be a first concern. The second concern is how many miles are on this truck? Uh, 880,000. As the front pin bushings start wearing out on a truck, and you hit a bump, the pin bushing can oscillate front to back if it's got a little bit of movement, and they'll give you a wobble in your steering wheel until it settles down again. I've had some okay. trucks that we we had to replace both front leaf springs to stiffen them back up so it could handle the bumps without going into an oscillation. So that's the second okay. possibility, either pin bushings or the springs themselves. Okay, pin bushings or springs. All right. Would the shocks have anything to do with it if the shocks are worn? 
or no? Well, it could a little bit because the shock is supposed to dampen up and down movement. And if the shock is okay. really not controlling that bounce, it could be contributing a little bit to it too. So you might want to look at the shocks also. Okay. So um, in order of uh, I, cost, in order of cost, literally look at the steering gearbox. And if that, if both hoses are, are top and bottom, that didn't cost you anything to note that. Uh, as far as the shocks, okay. they're a lot cheaper than replacing springs. So that would be, I suppose, step number two. Particularly if they've got more than two or 300,000 miles on the shocks. Yeah. Right. Okay. And one quick question, because I know you guys are short on time. Uh, mm-hmm. Your opinion on the... Uh, OEM shocks, or is it worth it to spend the money and get the Road King shocks? Personally, I like a nice gas pressurized shock. Whether it's a Monroe or Gabriel, I really don't care, but I like a good gas pressurized shock. Okay. Okay. Can I I, I put the shocks on myself? Do I have to, like, lift the truck to put shocks on, or is that something I can do by myself? Well, here's the way I test shocks. This is I'm a shade tree mechanic, got it? Uh-huh. You're driving down the road, you pull into a stop, you open the hood up, and you see fluid running down the shocks. You better replace them. Right. Okay? Okay. Right. You're driving down the road, you flip the hood up, and the rubber bushings that are supposed to hold the shocks in place are gone. I'm going to replace them. Right. Okay? Okay. I flip the hood up. I don't see any of those things, but I reach in and I put my hand on the bottom part of the shock. If it's not warm then it's not running fluid around in it, and it's dead, and I'm going to put new shocks on it. Okay. So I'm looking for temperature, I'm looking for all the parts in place, and I'm looking for no liquid leaking down it. Okay. Got it. All right. I appreciate it. You you have a great day. All right. You too. Thanks. One last one, even though we're past... A full hour. We're going to go ahead and talk to this guy this anyway. Two one eight. I think that's going to be Indiana again. Indiana, Indiana, two one eight, right? Northern third of Minnesota. <laughs> I was close. We haven't hit one yet, right tonight. <laughs> so what do we got for you? Is there a certain like if I go over and put my left side of my truck on the uh, yellow line and let go of the steering wheel, is there a certain distance or a certain count to get to the white line on the other side, or is there no such measurement on that? Uh, see if you're pulling. If I'm driving in the slow lane on an interstate and I let go of the steering wheel and I'm doing 60 miles an hour, I should be able to count of one, two, and about three, my right front tire should hit the shoulder of the road. If I All put right. it in the left lane, I should get about the same count. One, two, maybe three, and it should start hitting the left shoulder. That's a neutral All truck. Right. That's kind of what I was wondering. Thank you guys very much. I can hear Kevin a lot clearer today. So. Well, thank you. Thank you you have yourself a great and yep. a happy Easter to you. Yeah, we, you we worked and worked on this audio thing trying to get it clear. And I think we finally we finally figured it out. Well, we yep. appreciate you listening. You guys have a great day. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Well, we've done another. We've been how long into the show? Uh, an hour and four. An hour and four minutes. That's not too bad. Well, They won't charge us too much for the extra four minutes. <laughs> we thank you all for listening. It's been a great time. We're going to do this again next week. And next week, 
The conversation is going to be on drive axle alignment. So we'll discuss what we do with the drives to try and make you drive straight. And in the meantime, do drive straight, drive safe, and we'll talk to you next weekend. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Rolling Toe. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.